Hello, Forgiver. In today's episode, I conclude the discussion on what forgiveness is. In my next episode, I will discuss what forgiveness is not. By listening to the whole four-part series, I hope you will have a greater understanding of forgiveness. So listen closely or grab a pen, a notebook, and your favorite beverage, and I will meet you on the other side of this intro. Hello, Forgiver. Welcome to the Forgiveness is for You podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Silva, Forgiveness Guide and Catholic Mindset Coach. I've spent 30 years in therapy for sexual, physical, emotional, and racial trauma, but therapy could only take me so far. I believe that there's freedom in forgiveness, but we cannot do it alone. Do you struggle forgiving yourself or others? Are you ashamed of what happened to you in the past? Do you harbor unforgiveness toward the adults who are supposed to protect you but didn't? Do you resent a whole class of people because you were discriminated against? On this podcast, we talk about all things forgiveness, what it is, what it's not, and how you can begin to forgive yourself, others, and God. Allow me to be your forgiveness guide. Let's begin. Friends, let's review the last episode's content before we begin today's. Forgiveness is my own responsibility. It's allowing God to help us walk through the pain. It's allowing God's grace to flow through us to the other person. And it is also acknowledging the offender's right to moral justice. So let's dive into today's content. Number one, forgiveness requires supernatural love, what we call agape love, the love that God has for us. This type of love is impossible without grace. We receive this kind of love through our participation in the sacraments. It is also the kind of love that St. Paul describes in his first letter to the Corinthians. I want to draw attention to verses 6 and 7. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. What is the truth that we are seeking when we are in this process of understanding forgiveness and wanting to extend it to someone else? The truth that we are seeking is who we are as sons and daughters of God. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And this all things includes being able to forgive our brother or sister who has harmed us. Forgiveness allows us to to love more abundantly. Number two, forgiveness is an opportunity to reconcile ourselves with God. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 2844, states, Forgiveness is a high point of Christian prayer. It bears witness that in our world, Love is stronger than sin. Forgiveness is the fundamental condition of the reconciliation of the children of God with their Father and of men with one another. If we really dig deep into this passage, we can see that God's only requirement of us to return to Him truly is repentance. But forgiveness is the twin of repentance. Because only insofar as we forgive is our repentance true, right? Because we can sin in our unforgiveness. So forgiveness is the gateway to love. It is what opens the door of our heart for God to shed his grace into it. Number three, premature forgiveness blocks healing. 
Have you ever heard someone say, I forgave him shortly after a betrayal and thought, wow, that was fast. How could they do it so quickly? That may be because the victim is not emotionally ready to face what happened head on and just wants to smooth things over in the hope that things will go back to, quote, normal. Before true forgiveness can happen, there is work to be done. And Dr. Her Judith Herman, in her book, Trauma and Recovery, The Aftermath of Violence from Domestic Abuse to Political Ter Terror, so beautifully states, the survivor must first develop a full understanding of the moral questions of guilt and responsibility and reconstruct a system of belief that makes sense of her undeserved suffering. Before we get to that point of forgiveness, we have to understand what exactly happened to us, what was the impact, and how do we take responsibility only for our part and there may not be an hour part, especially if you're a child and you've been sexually molested or, or an adult used their power to abuse you. As an adult survivor of sexual abuse, I can definitely relate to this. A child is innocent. We don't have the power to control our situation or our circumstances. And so understanding that if we take on the shame and the guilt and the anger and resentment that our perpetrator foisted upon us, that is not ours to carry. And that is not what we need to forgive. We may need to forgive ourselves for the harsh judgments that we held against ourselves falsely. We have to have a clear understanding of the, the impact that the injustice has had on our life. God is so gracious. He gives us these insights when we ask for them. Number four, forgiveness requires humility. A major roadblock to forgiveness is pride. Prideful forgiveness needs an audience. We want the whole world to know what the offender did to us and announce to the whole world that we forgave them. We shine the spotlight on ourselves. However, in our quest to repair the rupture, so this type of forgiveness where we say, oh, I forgave so-and-so, you wouldn't believe what they did to me. We kind of forgave them, but not really. This prideful forgiveness blocks our relationship with the Lord. Humble forgiveness recognizes that we are all human, that we all have sinned. We're all created equal in dignity, and only God knows everyone's whole story. Number five, forgiveness requires goodwill, the desire to do God's will in everything, forgiving the offender with a pure heart. This one was a really tall order for me because I don't always feel like I want to have goodwill towards someone who has harmed me. But if I don't, I will not be able to be forgiven freely by the Lord. The comparison game can kick in here as well, because if someone did us harm and we see them just kind of happily going on with their life and we're over here miserable, we want them to suffer. We want them to feel what we are feeling. On the other side of that is that innate desire to do God's will. So those two desires are in conflict with each other. In my own heart, it's a constant battle to allow God to heal me and to 
to have that goodwill towards my offender. Number six, forgiveness can be vengeful when we use it as a form of manipulation to get the offender to do what we want them to do. We're willing to forgive, but only if certain conditions exist. For example, someone might say, well, I forgave you for doing X, so you should do Y for me. And what happens is an unhealthy, unequal dynamic ensues in the relationship. This type of false forgiveness creates a superficial relationship where trust is compromised. Forgiveness then becomes a weapon or a shield with which I am willing to protect myself at all costs. It sets up a cycle of offense and forgiveness that is typically seen in abusive relationships. The offender offends, the victim forgives, and in a few weeks, months, or years, the cycle repeats. Imagine a marriage where one spouse commits adultery. The betrayed spouse, for fear of losing the marriage, immediately forgives the adulterer and makes certain demands on the betrayer to prevent them from doing it again. For example, they might say, okay, I need to have all your email passwords. We're going to monitor all your contacts. You're not going to visit these particular places anymore. You're going to cut off all contact with your betrayal partner, etc., etc. As long as the victim perceives the offender adhering to the conditions, there is a false sense of security that no infidelity is occurring. The adulterer expresses remorse because they were caught in the act and not because they were truly repentant. Neither party takes responsibility for themselves by examining the root causes of the infidelity or is willing to do the work of healing and authentic forgiveness. In due time, the cycle repeats because there was no true remorse and no true forgiveness. One last point, we cannot truly extend forgiveness to others if we cannot first forgive ourselves. Forgiveness of self requires self-compassion, self-love, not in a self-centered way, but in the way that God loves us unconditionally. Self-forgiveness is often the most difficult act of the will that we can engage in. I will be devoting an entire future episode to forgiveness of self. This concludes my discussion on what forgiveness is. I hope you will join me next time to learn more about what forgiveness is not. Until next time, God bless you. Please be tender with yourself. Forgiveness is serious business. May the grace of the Lord be with you as you contemplate what you learn today. If this podcast is making a difference in your life, please hit subscribe below and consider writing a review. Share the link with a friend, take a screenshot and share on your social media. Connect with me as your forgiveness guide. I will hold space for you as you work through your pain and rewrite your story. Sign up for my 5 Days to Forgiveness self-guided mini audio retreat at www.drkaren.com. Check out my website for how you can bring me to your church or small faith sharing group. And remember friends, forgiveness is for you.